which version of Will Crow you're going to get on a given start. I don't really know about most of these guys and how they're going to fare every time they go out to the mound. But you know what? This, this is the time to suffer through it. Good morning. Good Friday morning. I'm Dan Kovacevic of DK Pittsburgh Sports. This is Daily Shot of Pirates. Comes your way bright and early every weekday morning. If you're into football and or hockey, I also offer up daily shots of Steelers and Penguins right where you found this. The Pirates lost last night in Cincinnati by a 7-4 count. And the way games have gone out there at Great American Bandbox all year long, it's only surprising that they were able to cut it down from a 7 nothing to 7-4 to instead of it really becoming a rout. That place has just been nothing, nothing but bad news from the very beginning. Everything about Will Crow's performance last night was bad news. Four innings, seven runs, eight hits, three homers, a couple of three-run shots, a couple of walks, struck five guys out. And you know what? Not long before that, he had a terrific six-inning start. One hit, no runs against the Phillies. And just before that, he pitched pretty well against the Giants out in San Francisco, a game that I covered. And I thought, wow, hey, maybe there's something here. And then the Phillies game comes and you think, whoa, there really is something here. And then this. And this is what you're going to get. This is what you're going to get, not just with Crow. Because almost every one of these starters, other than maybe the newcomer, Bryce Wilson, has some kind of... um, There's some kind of asterisk next to whatever it is that they're doing the rest of the way. Chad Cool, for example, you have no idea how many pitches you can get out of him. You have no idea to what extent he still needs to be kind of uh, nursed through the process of coming back off of Tommy John following a year in which nobody played more than 60 games. JT Brubaker is already on a publicly announced short leash. Derek Shelton told us about that out in Milwaukee. He said there's there's just no way that the Pirates can let him keep running up regular innings when he had very few starts in 2020 because everyone did, and he had been shut down, you'll recall, for all of 2019. He got away without having surgery, but he didn't pitch. And this is all stuff that gets measured. And yes, by the way, for those of you who think baseball still stuck in 20 or 30 years ago, it all does matter. It really does. There's data to prove it. Keep going right down the list. Steve Brault was held out for four months. Now he was allowed to throw 75 pitches a couple of days ago in Milwaukee, but even after that, it was said, you know, they're going to have to be cautious with him. Anybody who would come up from AAA, notably Miguel Yahure, he's in a rehab. And they were being extremely careful as it related to discomfort in his forearm slash elbow. 
Well, that's not something you're messing with. The same goes for Rwanzi Contreras, who's down there. So you're going to see guys like Crow, guys like Max Kranich, and you're going to see every once in a while that they look okay. Hmm, wow, maybe there's something here. And then you're going to see what you saw last night. This is the time to do that. This is the time for the Pirates to look at what it is that they have and use these games to make judgments about the offseason, about the roster, and really about who they're going to carry into next spring training with the thinking that, hey, this is a real candidate, not only for our rotation, but to be part of our longer-term future. And there's almost always a distinction. If you listen very closely to when either Shelton or Ben Charrington speak about these situations. Charrington, when he picked up Bryce Wilson from the Braves, this was in the Richard Rodriguez trade, if you've lost track of all the trades. He said, this guy is going to start for us. This guy is going to go out there and take the ball. We're going to give him a very real chance. And that's the way it's lining up. To his credit, he pitched really well in Milwaukee. For all we know, and his history with the Braves and in the minors with their AAA team in Gwinnett County very strongly supports the idea that his next start might not go as well. This is when you want to do it. If if you're looking at these final however many games, 50 games, and thinking, wow, they could really build up some momentum here or avoid losing 100 games or whatever, no, none of that stuff matters. I mean, it'd be nice, I'm sure. You know, they're not going to quote-unquote catch the Diamondbacks for the number one draft pick. There's just virtually no chance of that happening. But what matters way, way, way more is that players and pitchers get opportunity. That's the term that Shelton's been using again and again when he talks about his pitchers, not just the starters, but the relievers as well, is opportunity. You have that opportunity as a pitcher to take a mound in a major league game and show something. Don't say you didn't get a chance here. Show something. Show something. Make a difference. Here's what Shelton had to say last night about Crow. Yeah, I mean, we had talked in his last two starts about his tempo. I thought he was really slow the first two innings. Uh, you know, got a little bit frustrated, missed with, missed with some uh, fastballs in the middle of the plate and you cannot do this in this ballpark with, with this lineup and uh, was able to settle down. And, you know, I mean, even though it's a four out or four inning outing, the fact that he gave us the third and the fourth scoreless was, was very important. Yeah, whatever. I mean, he, he's going to get the ball again in five days. He just will. And he should, he should, you gave up Josh Bell to get him in a prospect. You don't just say, Hey, here's a couple of lousy starts and we're done with you. This is the time, especially for those guys that are seen as major league ready or were right on the edge when they were acquired, and there have been a handful of those in Charrington's trades, even though most of them have focused on higher-end guys at lower levels who are much younger. Some of these have come along as well, and this is the time to see who separates themselves in one direction or the other. When we come back, just one question. 
time for Just One Question. That's always brought to you by our friends at North Shore Tavern, directly across Federal Street from PNC Park, home of Steak on a Stone, home of more Pirates memorabilia than you've ever seen in one spot in your life. It's wall-to-wall at North Shore Tavern with baseball stuff, and that's how they approach it, whether the Pirates are at home or on the road. It's heaven for a baseball fan. North Shore Tavern, right across Federal Street, from PNC Park. Today's question comes from Bill Floyd, who asks, why are the Pirates starting pitchers always pushing 90 pitches so early in the game? The easy answer is lack of execution, but I wonder if there's another reason. Is it coaching or game plan? I actually know what you're asking, Bill. I'm not, I'm not laughing at the question as much as I am how painfully accurate your assessment is. Will Crow was at 70 pitches through two innings last night, which is what I'm sure motivated you to ask this. 70 pitches through two innings, is a that's just a gift from God, man. You, you've got to be a special kind of bad to do that. And you know what? Again, when you talk about wanting to see what it is that they have, how about Shelton leaving him out there? Like I've been saying here. See what he's got. But no, to answer your your question directly, there isn't anything in the Pirates' general approach, Oscar Marine's general approach to pitching that's doing something to run up pitch counts. Every single question I ask of anyone in the organization at any level related to a player's approach to a given situation is that it has to be player-specific. Remember back when Charrington was hired, he must have repeated this a thousand times over, uh, enough so that it made me wonder if that wasn't something that uh, either he or the only person over his head who could have still been in place to notice such a thing, Bob Nutting, would have looked at what Neil Huntington and Kyle Stark were doing as too much of a one-size-fits-all approach. You'll remember the big fuss that was rightly kicked up by fans once it came to light that the Pirates were pitching to contact. That was not a Ray Searage thing. I'm, I'm saying that all the time because I constantly hear that it was a Searage thing. It was not a Ray Searage thing that came from above. That came from the general manager's office. They believed that by attacking the bat, by going right at it and pitching to contact, you were going to make the pitcher uh, more sufficient, get deeper into games, and thus prove to be more valuable. And the problem with that is that for every guy that it worked for who did make himself more valuable by doing that and by playing to the defense and playing into the shifts and everything else, you also had a Garrett Cole or a Charlie Morton or a Tyler Glass now who were born to just strike people out. And when you strike people out, you're going to run up pitch counts. So if the Pirates are striking more people out, which they are, by the way, it's reasonable for someone like you to ask, Is this something that they're doing? Why are their pitch counts so high? 
It's not. It's not. It is exactly the first thing that you mentioned. They're not executing because they're not exactly great at anything. And I'm saying this in bulk, which is unfair to certain individuals who've done pretty well. But in bulk, they're not great. So I'm not willing to give them that much credit and say, oh, yeah, this is just an institutional thing. They're absolutely running up pitch counts because uh, it's not like that. They need better pitches made by better pitchers. And (laughs) to continue and conclude the theme of the day, it's going to take a while. It's going to take a while to sift through what's here right now and eventually to develop and promote what's in the minors and see what's all at hand. I appreciate the question. I appreciate everybody listening to Daily Shot of Pirates. Uh, I'm grateful for it every single day, not just today. I am stunned at the volume of listeners that we have to a program called Daily Shot of Pirates in a season like this, but I appreciate it and I recognize it, believe me. We'll talk again Monday. Thank you.